0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Out of the Blue podcast from Blue Zion Ministries. Grafted, gifted, and grounded with whole tree theology, right out of the 11th chapter of Romans, connecting the covenant pages of the seamless 66 books of the Bible we hold in our hands. We are dedicated to help, encourage, and inspire you to live the Word of God out loud. And now, here's your Out of the Blue host, Evangelist S.J. Narlock.
1: Shalom, shalom. Praise the Lord, everyone. September 1st, in the good year of 23. Uh, amen. Seamless 66, whole tree theology. God is good all the time, everywhere, all the time. Uh, so good to be with you all today. Appreciate those jumping on. It's been a little bit. Uh, we've been in North Carolina. West Virginia, going to be going to Virginia, went down to Florida real quick, and uh, a lot of uh, good things taking place, someone healed of cancer, um, several have received the Holy Ghost, just a lot of great, God is great, and uh, so we're thankful for um, the richness of his mercy, his grace, his kindness, and uh, we're going to jump into uh, this uh Podcast today, this episode, and uh, if I could uh, just maybe entitle it Shall Chalet, saying, Brother Nolak, what is that about? <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about fixed feelings, mixed feelings, uh, places of undecision, and so I want to dive into this today, especially by going to First Kings chapter number 18. We find Uh, this awesome story of Elijah versus the Baal worshiping Israelites. Can you imagine, brothers and sisters, that are worshiping things, um, men of your own kin, men of your own blood, as it were, worshiping things that are just uh, the opposite of what we need to be doing. And so God wanted to deal with this. And uh, there's a long story here, so to speak. Uh, I love it you know, the, the altar, um, the definition of that altar, water around it, uh, making sure that it's uh, soaking wet, saturated, uh, just in plain sight saying, God's got this and the fire that falls is the definition of the real King of Kings. And um, I love how uh, there's a little sarcasm in there, Elijah, uh, you know, perhaps you're God, uh, is on a vacation, perhaps um, you know he's lost his way. He needs a Rand McNally map or some kind of GPS default is taking place. Uh just awesome in the sense of all of that. <clears throat> Pardon me, but however I was looking at first Kings chapter eighteen and twenty one and Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him, but if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. How dangerous is that? Um uh, so so, in a sense, uh it's this not making up the mind, halting between two opinions. Uh, we find this really in the book of Joshua. We find this peppered throughout the scriptures, this indecision. Um uh, ambivalent uh, Jew, as it were in Old Testament times. This ambivalence that seems to take place um, amongst people from time to time. Uh, patterns of indecision. Um, I, I believe it's some of the sages or or those that would have commentary, rabbis of Old Testament commentary, they they say this is kind of a rare note known as shal shalat. Kind of a unique word, really. Shell uh, Shalet is kind of an unusual note. It's it's they would say it's like going up and down, up and down, as if unable to move forward to the next note. It's like getting stuck in the song. Um, it's it's a particular commentator. As a matter of fact, it's Rabbi Joseph, Caspi that he best defined it as meaning or to convey. A psychological state of uncertainty and indecision. The graphic notation of Chauchelet looks like a streak of lightning, he says, a zigzag movement, a mark that goes repeatedly backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. I like the way he puts it. It says I mean, it conveys frozen motion. My that'll preach. Frozen motion, moving but going nowhere. Um, I believe it's, uh, you know, in times past, the man Hamlet or Hamlet himself called it the native hue of resolution, sicklied, or the pale cast of thought in which the agent is torn by inner conflict. So Shel Chalet is the music of ambivalence. It's it's it, it, It's just very interesting to me. How that uh, amongst and amidst you can you can see what's ahead of you, you can understand and remember the past, but something keeps us stuck. A mixed feeling. Now I I, I want to dive into this real quick. So so with that you'll find that and again the rabbis you could say some the Masoretic writers, and I think the third century right in there uh, had put to denote in their writings they would put like a drawing of a lightning bolt a zigzag, a scribble um, you could say this was part of their legend in the footnotes uh, out of all the unique things that were put there, the divisions uh, of, of words and uh, uh, could I say uh, verses, paragraphs uh, putting in the vowels so that we can read it or at least I can read it, then a whole lot more um, with clarity, uh, but so very, very interesting how that they would put uh, a lightning bolt. Now, not to get into all this grammar and and et cetera, you know, could I say on the staff of the treble clef, the bass clef, the notes, is this lightning bolt stuck or frozen motion? They said it appears appears about three times in the book of Genesis alone. So let's go back to the beginning. I want to, if I could, uh, just touch base on uh, this up and down and going back and forth, just to give uh, a little clarity of what we're saying here. Now, uh, one of the things that, uh, or where it would occur, would be in Genesis 24. Uh, So very interesting here, Genesis 24, Uh, and I I want to just, in my own Bible here, flip over to that. Uh, I'd like to read uh, and um, uh, to give you, the hearer, a little bit of clarity as well. But in this instance, uh, Abraham Abraham has a servant, and how many know him to be Eliezer? Now, he's sending the servant, and the the, the scripture uses no name here, but we can very solidly assume that it's Eliezer and the scripture goes on with this i want you to go find a wife uh, for isaac um and there's a particular petition as it is before the lord um that eliezer had begin to pray uh you know letting down of the pitcher uh and if she shall say you know i'm going to feed or excuse me give drink to the camels as well um So there's this, you could say, fleece uh, within the prayer. Uh, Well, the sages say, some of these commentators say, that in verse number 12 where it says, and he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. So it all sounds very uh, cognitive, very, very clear. But they put one of those zigzags there in the sense that they feel within the whole chapter com, uh, con, uh, context is that there would be a little bit of indecision or mixed feelings, even within his prayer. They were simply saying that he was possibly thinking is it possible that there was another way and that Abraham's estate possibly would pass to him? Now, again, Abraham's sonless. And it was very logical and plausible that in that day this could happen. So, but if, uh, you know, if 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 Isaac is tied in, uh, of course, having a son now, uh, but the sonlessness uh, of the situation of the past, uh, you know, is it possible that it, could this whole uh, estate be still passed to me? Of course, that's not God's will. Uh, and so he's shaky in his, Decision there of what to do, so that's interesting. Uh, you know, this this accountant of Abraham uh, has shell uh, This this rare note of being stuck on the musical staff. What do I do here? What's going on? So let me move on. Don't want to take too much time. Um, but the second one is kind of almost more dr- dramatic. Still, it's Joseph, child of a shepherd Jacob, almost the youngest son. Of course, he's hated by his brothers. They sold him into slavery. He finds himself in Egypt, uh, and now he's the head of a household uh, <laughs> uh, to one of the most prominent citizens of Egypt, Potiphar. Wow, this is, this is powerful. Of course, now after much attacks, he's left alone with his master's wife. He finds himself propositioned by her, Um, Of course, Joseph was a comely man, fair to look upon, uh, and she casts her eyes upon him. Now, according to what we can uh, understand here, it's in verse number 39 of um, that uh, chapter number 24 of the book of Genesis. Uh, It says, excuse me, let me get, I'm sorry, 39, my mistake there. Um, but it says there uh, after her proposition, etc. but in verse number eight, he says, but he refused and he said unto his master's so, behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house and he hath committed all that he hath to me by my hand, of course, except for thee. Um, so with this in mind, Joseph has this decision to make and they put one of those, lightning bolt marks right there. They put a shell chalet right there. I, I mean, think of it. This is some of his first experiences. He's in the bright lights, he's in the big city. He's far away from home. No one can see him. Uh, he has experienced a lot of hostility. He suffered in his childhood and now he's being propositioned, uh, you, you could say by one of the leaders uh, of, of Egypt. So as flattering as that might be, and as sinister and evil as that might be, um, you know, he's a slave with no realistic hope of rescue. Um, He has to really become an Egyptian in the sense that uh, I I, I must become what the culture is, or I must stand and keep my identity faithful to the past, hold on to the conscience. You could say, I'm going to remember this is the shot that was heard around the world. Well, this is the no that was heard around the world, because because Joseph said no, being later the second ruler of Egypt, uh, and could I say the master of the storehouse, fed the world. That no saved the world. That no fed the world. Um, so, just very interesting in that sense. I, we we must not make a mistake to to, to simply understand that. Uh, just because he refused that there wasn't a struggle uh, and all of the bright lights compounds the victory. You could say that compounds the victory because there was a struggle, because there was a lot of leverage on the other side of that temptation. Uh, It compounds the victory as a greater victory. So praise God, when you're walking through true trials and through temptations and tests, remember that the harder that trial may be, uh, amen. On the win inside is the compound of that victory. And thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. So the second shall shall again, they say there's a third. And so I just want to uh, come to uh, that third um, mention of this shall shall within uh, the book of Genesis. So uh, in this, we happen to find, uh, is this um, a person called Lot, Lot within the scripture. Uh, and we can find this in Genesis 19. So Genesis 19, something uh, very specific happens here. You'll find this in verse 16. So I hope I'm giving those scriptures out uh, correctly with Eliezer, with Genesis 24 and 12, with Joseph... Uh, we'd find that uh, in the scripture uh, that we just read in Genesis 39 and verse 8. And then we find in Genesis 19, 12 through 16, Lot. Lot, of course, being the nephew of Abraham. How many remember he chooses the water plains uh, and the mentality of these wicked cities that had become more wicked still? But they put a shal by. Uh, the words, and while he lingered in the scripture, uh, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters and the Lord being merciful unto them and they brought him forth and set him without the city. So uh, this, while he lingered was, you could say, while he hesitated. Uh, some of the sayings that are there or, or the more deeper meaning would be while he hesitated. So again, shall Shalat, Stuck on the staff. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, the, 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 the complicated um, culture that was there that, that uh, you could almost call it, Lot had a cognitive dissonance. Dissonance meaning the lack of harmony amongst musical notes. He was just, how do you harmonize this wickedness with the song that's being sung? So no wonder he was stuck uh, cognitive di- uh, dissonance I'm, i i I know it, but what do I do with it so this whole moment that he had it faced the ultimate uh, existential existential excuse me question: who am I? having tried so hard to become one of them, he finds it almost impossible at that moment to tear away himself from them um, so he might have some second thoughts. Uh, I, I know his wife did. And she looked back and became a pillar of of salt. So again, this indecision about the identity, an indecision about, do, do I get part of the estate? An indecision, should I follow forth in this temptation? What do I do with it? This indecision of, do I assimilate or do I not? And so we find that. Uh, within uh, the man Eliezer. we find this within the man Joseph. We find this within the man Lot. This shall uh This stuck on the staff. This zigzag. This frozen motion. So, so I, I just I just wanted to spill that out today, hoping that it would help somebody make a decision. <clears throat> Pardon me. Go forth. <clears throat> Go forth. And say, on Christ the solid rock I stand. Although the ground is simply sinking sand. The book of James, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So I'm making up my mind today. How about you? I'm placing it in nail-scarred hands. Jesus shed his blood so that through him I could have that victory. It's already paid for it, the price. This covenantal stance, uh, this threshold covenant Amen. You don't have to slay the lamb anymore. Amen. You don't have to place the blood on the door. It's already happened. The blood has been spilled. Amen. And so I can make a decision today. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't have to be an undecided. You know, in in the aspect of the equation of Jews, you could say the non-Jews respect Jews who respect Judaism. They're embarrassed by Jews who are embarrassed by Judaism. So, amen, the non-apostolics respect apostolics who respect the apostolic message. People are embarrassed by apostolics who are embarrassed by the apostolic message. Amen, never be or have ambivalence about who you are. Never get stuck on the staff. Well, praise the Lord, that's really the message I wanted to bring forth today, Shal Shalat. Remember, this is the month of Elul. This is the time where, Uh, Amen. The prince leaves the palace and walks into the field. Uh, Amen. This is the days where we reflect uh, before the fall feasts. And my, we begin to get as close to the hands of the prince. He comes to uh, the laborer in the field, rubs shoulders with them, as it were. He looks at the dirt under the nails, those that labor for the bread, uh, amen. mingles with those in the palace who eat the bread they labored for. So you talk about getting close to the Messiah this month. Amen. This is the time, uh, amen, when he who supplies the seed, uh, amen, allows the rain to fall on it so that the laborers can extract it from the ground and make it something. Amen. You could say the uh, creature touches the creator. This is the month of Elul. Let's reflect. reflect. Let's look at it. Let's become close to Jesus. Uh, amen. Fall feasts, uh, the sounding of the trumpet, uh, Yom Teruah, uh, Yom Kippur, uh, that awesome, uh, Amen. Blood on the mercy seat, that day of atonement and, and repentance. And then, of course, the feast of booths or tabernacles. I mean, you'll dwell amongst his people. All inclusively, this is just a rich rich season that we're we're in right now and coming upon so just some thoughts wow this is probably one of the longest i've ever taken you we love you all thank you for your support you know who you are that helps support us in prayer and finance uh god bless you today shalom keep your eye on the sky eye on the sky every day god bless
0: thank you for joining us we hope you've had your inspiration moment today As we continue to pray for you, please remember to pray for this ministry as we endeavor to work in the kingdom of God. If you feel led to support this ministry, you can visit us on the web at bluezionministries.com to partner with us in evangelism. While there, you can also find prayer journals and music CDs available for purchase. And be sure to check out our Israel tour information if you'd like to find out more about visiting the Holy Land with us. It's all at bluezionministries.com. We look forward to our time with you next week here on Out of the Blue Podcast. Please invite a friend. And remember, remain zealous over Zion.